podcast. Brand. So wait, are we? Are you guys doing a podcast, or we're doing the podcast? We are guests on your show. Okay, that's fabulous. perfect. That's in, perfect. In that case, we get to welcome you to our show. Yes. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Susan Rice, and I'm Mark this Krug, is- and we're with Nick Tyson and Eric Payne today. Joining us from Spokane, Washington, the Lilac City, the Inland Empire. The hub of the Inland Empire. The hub. Oh, let's not forget the hub. God save us a trip to the rim. Because you know it's not Post Falls. You know it's not that. It is truly the hub. We're going to ask, these these two uh, lovely gentlemen also have a podcast, and we're going to ask them to ask us some questions at some point, too. So it's a little confusing for everybody. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> we'll just talk. We can we'll just, talk. It's just so good to see. It's so nice to meet yeah. Eric. And yeah, no I know, I think we've met before, but it's always good to see my buddy Nick. Yeah. Just, you look so good familiar. to see you guys, too. It's been a while. It's too, too long. Now, see, I can't hear you, Art, because I don't know why. I don't either. Oh, Please. there you are. Okay. So, um, it's an inner ear uh, thing, probably. Well, let's Nick. Nick, you and Eric have just launched this new podcast that you're doing. Yes. And why don't you tell us the name of it and what's where to find it, and then a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, called Finding Chemo is the name of it, and uh, the way we came up with that was when I first got my cancer diagnosis, I started listening. Recording to in progress. Sorry about that. Go ahead. That's right. When you just interrupting your cancer diagnosis with Hang on. I'm back. <laughs> no, when I first got my cancer diagnosis, um, I started looking at a podcast just to get information and all of them were just gloom and doom and oh my goodness. So Eric, I've known Eric for over 30 years. We worked in radio together uh, yeah. back in the old days. We had a, a show we had called Comedy Cuts where we interviewed comedians and stuff like that. So that's how I We're going to talk about that later. Yeah, we want to yeah. talk about that. Go ahead. Anyway, how I got hooked up with Eric was through that. And uh, my idea is... There's nothing funny about cancer, but we say la- uh, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. So we came up with the idea for finding chemo. And we d- in the intro of the show, we do some cancer jokes. And uh, they're, they're interesting. They're funny. Uh, but some people in the beginning, I got, this is kind of funny. I got an email from a woman. She listened to the beginning of the show. And uh, she said she turned it right off when she heard the cancer jokes. And so I sent her an email back and I said, did you listen to any part of the show after that? She says, no, I was kind of offended by those jokes. And they're not bad. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it, it's funny. And uh, entitled. So, yeah. So I sent her an email back and I said, do me a favor. I said, if you listen to the show, we get into support for people. We talk to the people that are doctors. We talk to nurses. Right. We talk to people for help. And uh, about an hour and a half later, I got an email back from her saying, you know what? I listened to the show and it was marvelous. So that's kind of where it came from. But we basically, um, we do things. We have people on the show that are uh, fighting cancer, that have survived cancer, uh, support people and all that. And they tell their story. And we always ask them, do you have anything interesting or funny that happened to you along the road? And there's always some great stories in there. Rod Long, you interviewed Rod. I listened to that podcast who is fighting pancreatic cancer. Yep. And... It was great. He's hilarious. 
course. Well, you both were hysterical. So <laughs> I'm not just, you know, it was, it's just like, there is nothing like the soul of a comic. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's, it was just, I just thought if every cancer survivor or a person with cancer could listen to these two gentlemen, just love their life and laugh about their life, no matter what the circumstances, it could only give hope to people. It could only give, you know, a moment of reprieve and say, and I bet a lot of cancer survivors and cancer um, patients that listen to your podcast say that. I go, they probably go, oh, that's how I talk with my friends. Right. Yeah. You know? And there's and an that, attitude in the outrage culture right now that if you make a joke about something, it's because you're mocking it instead of that it's because you're empathetic to it and this is how you deal with it, which is what comedians do. We take the most dire, heart-wrenching things and find the funny in them, you know, because yep. that's how we deal with stuff. Well, it's, it's hard, not, how our brains work, too. You're not making fun of cancer patients, for God's sakes. You're- well, since Nick has cancer, he's got carte blanche to say whatever he wants because that's his experience. I know. <laughs> Who's that's to tell him that's it. offensive? It's his business. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, I yeah. think it's... Um, yeah, I think that that's, I think people are so ready in this culture to cancel things and to there people, people turn on the television waiting to be offended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and they turn on and, and you you just gotta, you just gotta fucking relax. Exactly. Just just relax. There's no reason we can't be smart asses about it, right? Exactly. Since that's our default mode anyway. And my guess is... People need to hear the side that you're giving of it. And like you said, instead of just the dire gloom and doom, they need to hear the optimism and they need to hear the fact that you're dealing with it and yet you still have this uh, happiness inside. Yeah. And I bet you... And we had one of the episodes that I really like is the one we uh, just put out with a guy named Fred Manns, and he's an oncology nurse that works in the system that I'm going through. And Fred was absolutely hilarious talking about experiences that he had, but he also talked about support, what people need to do, how they need to focus, and his experiences, and some of them were heartbreaking. I know one of them he talked about was people that come in for the treatment and you know, they'll come in one day and the next day he finds out they passed away. And he looked at me across the table when we were interviewing him and he got tears in his eyes and he said, don't you fucking die on me. (laughs) And I was like, just that kind of stuff. Those are the people that we need in, in, Uh in that field. Yeah. Those people in that field. And I was just going to say, Eric, you know, one of the, being a dear friend of Nick's, I've known that when I have a friend, with it like when we had dave dave and um dave depended on us to joke and to be not to be too flippant but to be you know to respond to him with humor sure and it's a real job it's our job to support our friends with that and uh i think more people who have dear friends or loved ones uh with cancer could benefit from listening to this podcast to know how to react because our first reaction is devastation and pain. And, you know, and then we want to comfort. And sometimes the last thing a patient or, you know, a survivor needs is 
They don't need that comfort. They just need to feel normal. They need to yeah. be themselves. <clears throat> I agree 100%. And, yeah. You know, when, when, when Nick first told me all about what he was going through, this is before you had started talking about putting together a podcast. Uh, my first reaction was, you know, I felt bad for my old pal, obviously. Uh, but my very next move was to make a smart-ass comment. And I know that's one of the things uh, we count on each other for. If it's not funny, it's not worth saying. Yeah. That, that's just been our relationship. And it really seemed like the perfect way to uh, put something together that was a little bit unique, a little bit different. And um, hopefully hopefully, uh, people are enjoying it and it'll continue to build. Yeah. Well, we will we will certainly post it. Uh, we have posted it. We will we will promote your your podcast on our on our. Great, website. thank you. Cool. Yeah. So, and art, you know, art. How do you feel about that? I mean, you, you used to joke around with Dave all the time. Yeah, yeah of course. And, I mean, uh, that was. Uh, you know, let's. Uh, uh, Eric's not familiar. Dave is a good friend of ours who. I, um, Dave Anderson. Died. He was a talk show host here in Portland and a longtime friend and comedian. Uh, he and I were roommates in L.A. back in the 80s, and we go way back. And uh, he he passed from uh, pancreatic cancer oh, yeah. eight years ago, I'm going to say, something like that. 2015. Yeah, wow. So, you know, though, we all started comedy together pretty much the same time, didn't we, Nick? Mm, What's yeah. How many years have you been at it now? Oh, God, 30. <laughs> okay, so we've got you beat by about eight years. Yeah. But I remember meeting you. With Mick Aiken. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> I know Mick. I work with Mick at the station. Yeah. It's so funny. I talked to Mick the other day, and he is still 69 years old. He's still slinging kegs of beer around, selling beer to bars all over Idaho and Montana. Uh, well, he found his calling. God yeah, he did. <laughs> he can probably pay it for his own electricity now. Yeah. With Nick, with excuse me, with Mick, and uh, Tree, a San Francisco comic who's bald headed, kind of a biker comic. We went, oh yeah, I was sitting in the back. He and scared the, the shit out of me. I was like, I looked like I'd been kidnapped, basically. <laughs> <laughs> a scarf on his head, and you know they go into Seven Eleven like, now's my chance, make a break for it. <laughs> yeah, Tree knows that. Mick Aiken, all the references, but he was a character. He is a character. He still sounds like he's still slinging beer. Oh, God, yeah, on that. But, uh, yeah, years, I mean, uh, I think, I can't remember when I met, I know I met Art, God, this is back when Tribble had a room in Boise is the first time we met, and that's okay. got to be a that long time. a good ago. room. Which room was it in Boise? It was the one that was, uh, it was, it, it was called. Um, there was a Basque restaurant that was attached yes. to it. Yeah, it was in yes. the basement. It was a lot. What did he call it? What was the name of the club that he had? That, that he anyway. It was a great little club. Yeah. And uh, it went. I think you and I met at a Wally gig, at the Red Lion. In yeah, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and I was. It was like uh, 84, 85. Yeah, and I was I was working with uh, Bob Hanson. Bob Hanson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> And we were staying at Wally's, Wally's apartment or his house or whatever. And Mick Aiken was stealing the electricity. <laughs> I don't know. I, or Mike was. I don't know what the whole thing. Oh was. yeah, he had like. Was known that they had open heaters. They had open heaters with no grates across them. Yeah. To heat the house, and they had a million animals, and I just knew we were going to go up in flames. Oh God, yeah. Well, that pipe that went up to the roof would turn red hot, and I said, <laughs> Mick. 
You're going to catch your house. No, it's fine. (laughs) Just do some vitamins and shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, we yeah our, well art went to college in Spokane so that's correct you are correct Whitworth College because yeah. my dad was a Presbyterian minister and we got a thousand dollars off the uh, tuition because of that back when tuition was only four thousand a year so you know back in the ages the old ages right. yeah <laughs> when people actually got a college education when they yeah, could actually right. afford it yeah it was good well that's funny art I don't know if you remember but I had a football scholarship to Whitworth. Uh, to Whitworth, really? Yeah, this was back. I graduated in '73, oh. and I got the football scholarship. And I played for about uh, maybe a half a year. And I figured, you know what? I'm going to be a tackling dummer, dummy for the first two years. See ya. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, they never heard football causes cancer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's. I think it's a deal. All right, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, they were never much of a powerhouse, that Whitworth football team. It was always fun to go to the game and share the experience with 30 or 40 other fans in the stands. And <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a packed house. Yeah. yeah, yeah what a good week. My brother, went to, my brother went to Whitworth on a, on a football scholarship. Oh, is it, what year was that? That was uh, fall of 63. Oh, okay. And so. he... Uh, he, he, got into, he got into Whitworth with a 1.5. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was I was a Whitworth pirate, and then I transferred to Cal State Northridge, where I was a matador. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh so better. Don't really? you think that's better? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. So when did, when did you get into radio? I uh, got a degree in communications, and... I started out with a company in Los Angeles. It was called Creative Radio Shows, where they did syndicated specials with music. Uh, they did country music stuff. They did all sorts of rock and roll, Beatles tributes and all that. And my job was to bring people into the studio and interview them. So I got to interview a lot of the country music stars. Uh, and no really big, huge ones, but stuff like that. And then uh, I met Frazier Smith, who was on KLOS. Oh. Love in Los it. Angeles. So I was kind of his sidekick for five years down there where I'd go out and we'd do interviews on the street and stuff like that. But I got to work with the Frage. He's a great guy. Oh, God. I didn't even know that Nick was down there. This was before I moved to Spokane. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley and went to high school there. And so I was a big KLOS, KMET fan. And, and Nick was uh, living right down the street from me going to Cal State Northridge back when I was in what, junior high, high school. And um, we never even met until I had moved up here and got my first job at the radio station where Nick was already working. So you never know how things are going to how things are going to come together. Well, was that must have been in your 20s or 30s, 20s? I was in my uh, early 20s when I got that job here in Spokane on the radio, and Nick was, what, 60, 70? 74. Like I was 74. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was back in 80, whatever, what was that, 90, 91. 1906. No, it was like 91, 92, yeah. Let's keep the math out of this. I was just going to say, you don't look 94. <laughs> Oh, boy, do I feel like it, though. Because he found oh. the chemo. <laughs> he found the chemo. Yeah, no, you well, look great, man. You look the same as you always did, Nick. Doesn't he? story, man. What's the well, funny. Is it the, zoom? Is it the zoom filter you got going? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it could be. It's a mask. 
No, it's funny because I'll talk to people. It's so funny. I, uh, I went to have drinks with some friends of mine, and uh, one guy, Rob, has talked to me. He says, now, what kind of cancer do you have? I said, well, I got prostate cancer, I got kidney cancer, and I have lung cancer. And he goes, good Lord, I got friends that just got lung cancer, and they look like shit. You look great. <laughs> oh, geez, thanks. You know what? That's a great idea for a, a greeting card. Yeah. <laughs> this this guy's crazy. He goes downtown. He does that wall climbing thing at the place downtown. He goes swimming at the Y. He's always doing something. So he's not just sitting around uh, uh, in his easy chair on Netflix, uh, you know. Not me. Just waiting and for his we pet. have seen what he eats because he posts it. Oh, it's yeah. Like, you are a great cook. I am. I, I love to cook. I love to bar- barbecue is my new thing. And my new thing right now is making homemade sausage where I'll make andouille sausage and all sorts of different stuff really? from scratch. scratch. Wow. Well, where do you find the casings? Uh, uh, do I need to know? There's a butcher store here in town that I get the casings at. And if, if I can, I get them myself on Sprague. Say, you got a big backyard then. <laughs> I'm raising hogs. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I I'm, know my comedy you. brain's going, but I'm not going to say what I want. I want to say. Ah, come on, Susan. No. It's just us talking. It's a no. podcast. Uh, no, no. God. So, uh, <laughs> do it on stage. I know you, but I've seen your barbecue. You always uh, post pictures of your barbecue. It's, I'm making. I'm making ribs today, or you, you know, and then you, you run through all the process you've done, and it's just. I mean, it makes your mouth water, even though I don't, I'm not eating a lot of meat, but it's like, oh my God, I bet that smells so good. Oh yeah. But, well, when next time you come to Spokane, I'll give you some ribs. I'll serve you. I know. When is that going to be? You know, have you guys, yeah, Eric, have you been working during the comedy scene during these the, days? I'm curious. Yeah. Is it just uh, the Spokane Comedy Club or is there other stuff going on? Well, I'm working on it. There's a place downtown. It's called McGinnity's Irish Pub. And they've got a huge showroom. And I'm talking to them right now. We started working with them before COVID hit and we had shows lined up ready to fly. And then COVID hit, so they had to shut everything down. But I'm talking to her again, but I'd love to have you guys over and I'll know more about it. I'm meeting with her actually on Monday to sit and chat about it, but it's a great spot. And the only place in town is the Spokane Comedy Club. I don't know if you guys work for those guys at all, or I was just I did one show. Yeah, yeah I, I opened did, for I, Emo there. Uh, I opened week. for Maria. Yeah, there. yeah. And, um, he didn't. Um, he didn't uh, give me much of a warm welcome. Uh, yeah. Honestly, at the end of the week, I went to shake his hand, and he didn't even look up from the computer. He just reached his arm out backhanded and shook my hand like that. Come on. Uh, I just yeah. To his arm out of his socket, the little shit. And well, so I'm sure I'm not going to call and ask to come back there again. Yeah. But if there's another, if there's another stage in town, you got to come up to Spokane. I love hanging out in Spokane and going to Night's Come on Diner. up, do 20. I always got to go to Night's Diner and watch that ninja. Is she still uh, running that place? or just? Oh, she, God, yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, this woman, I'm telling you, it's, it's like she's got extra arms. She'll spot an empty cup of coffee 12 people down the row, and she'll go racing and get that, and she'll get, turn the hash browns, and she, she's got it all going. She's been doing it for decades. That place is a classic, and they're, 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 they're coming back. Everything was so, you know, closed up oh, for so yeah, long. It would be a good COVID restaurant. Right. Yeah. It's like an it old, is. If people don't know, it's an old railroad car that's been, has a long bar, and oh, man, I always took all my comedian friends there when I'd come to town. 
It's oh, great. God, yeah, it's killer. But yeah, I'm, I'm working with them, and we'll get it open. Like I said, the, the other comedy club, this is kind of funny. They, uh, I got a call, and they wanted to know if I would come in and open. And I said, sure, I, you know, I'd love to do that. That'd be fun, because I hadn't been in the club at all. And they kind of lift their nose at Spokane comedians. Uh, is this, is this? They're too big for us. Is this Spokane uh, Comedy Club or no? Yeah. And they okay. called me up, want to know if I would mind opening. I said, no, not at all. I said, I'd love to. He says, well, we got uh, one show on Wednesday, one show Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. And I said, well, what's the pay on it? And he says, well, it's 150. And I thought maybe it was 150 night. No, it was seven shows for $150. And I went, I know. <laughs> no. I think I'll take yeah. out my paper route again. Yeah. <laughs> that's was that's what was what was so great about um working with Maria because um, she, she paid me. Oh. She paid me. She paid you. I, mean, I think it's a town that's big enough to hold more bank. than one comedy club, but Oh god, yes. But uh, you know, and then of course with winter season coming, everything dies off in the summer. All the stuff in the clubs like anywhere else when it's right. nice outside, everyone's outside at the lake or wherever. Uh, but now with fall coming and uh, everyone heading indoors and hopefully uh, COVID stays at bay, it'd be fun to get up and uh, and do some. Nick Nick offered me uh, a couple of gigs uh, either hosting or uh, just getting up and doing 5 or 10. Uh, minutes and uh, I've been I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about getting that tight five together. Eric is a very funny guy. He's got. I don't imagine you have a friend that isn't. Oh God, Eric is very funny. Can you imagine him hanging out with some stiff who's never laughed a day in his life? <laughs> that would be that would be fun to watch, actually. <laughs> no, I uh, uh, I was just going to say it's uh, the the other club I remember. The only place I've ever, Spokane's the only place that I've actually had to call police on a domestic violence. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? Uh, I was working for Chris over at. Oh, the uh, brick wall. But it was the brick wall, the last brick wall that he had. Yeah. Not at the hotel, the other one. Oh, okay. And uh, he didn't put me, he said, I had a hotel that I ended up paying for. Um, and, uh, but it was in a very bad area out division. It was out, it was way out. And, um, there was, uh, there was no, an incident. You're talking about the Spokane Valley, that one out there that Fox took over. I don't remember. I just knew Chris had it and he lost it. He was in, you know, but, um, the room itself wasn't a bad club. It just wasn't run very well. And, yeah. um, but, uh, the hotel, it was one of those little mom and pop, you pull in and there's the individual two, two little bungalows a piece and this kind of thing. And it was, uh, and I, it was like, I got caught up in this whole domestic violence thing that was happening that night. And, Ended up paying for the room for the wife, and so and the, I mean it was just like oh my god, welcome to Spokane, to Spokane. Yeah. I know yeah. it's like Jesus, it's always <laughs> something, you know. But um, yeah, <laughs> and then I had to go track Chris down for um, the money. Imagine that. Yeah. Anyway, Don't you missed that. Right. That's I remember fun. I called him out too. We did that show at the Bing. That was so much fun, though. Oh, God, that was a kick. Yeah, that was Jay's. I think that was his uh, 70th uh, retirement party. It was his 40. He was it was 40 years in stand up. I think it was. Yeah. 30, oh, yeah, that's right. I couldn't make that show. I and Nick, I was so glad Nick was on the show. And uh, God, that was and that was the first time I think I worked at the Bing. That was a lot of fun. 
Uh, that's a great theater. Yeah, that's a great the only problem we had was the uh, light guy and the sound guy doing the cues. Remember, they were always stoned. Oh, so yeah. I'm on the headset behind stage, hollering at the guy in the thing, and he, he had fallen asleep. It was supposed to hit the cues for people coming out and the sound effects for Jay when he was doing his pantomime part. Yeah, that's right. Oh my <laughs> so God. I got up and did him physically. Oh <laughs> I'm making noises God. like glass breaking and stuff like that. <laughs> so I, when, how long have you guys had your podcast put together? Let's talk about yours for a little bit. <laughs> yes, we did say you were going to ask questions. This is our coming up. We'll be starting our fourth year. Wow. Uh, February, we go into four years. Yeah. yeah, so we're three and a half years into it now. Um, That's great. Yeah. And we and we have 57 followers. Oh, that's killer. <laughs> it is, isn't it? No, it, it's fun to do, right? You, 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 you know, you, you come together, and when you're done with it, you have something you can be proud of, hopefully, and that's out there for the ages. I mean, it's, it's a nice – my daughter asked me. She called me from school and said, hey, Dad, how's the podcast going? I said, you want to listen to The Old Man Online? Episode two is me interviewing Nick. <laughs> so if you want to hear how it's going, uh, uh, log in, and because she's going to school overseas, and, and she said, well, it's a nice way to, to, to stay in contact. And, oh, and, yeah, and it make, is. make sure you subscribe and give us five stars. I know. It's, um, I think it's, I don't know, Art, Art, Art can chime in on this. Um, we had to learn. We learned from the, from the ground up. We didn't know what we were doing at all. Yeah, oh, yeah, from the beginning, yeah, we had no idea what to do. And, uh, Art, has, Art has been the, well, he's been the machine. He is just. Once you get a, a, a decent little soundboard and you understand what's going on, it's real simple. It just records yeah. it to a simple. And we've done. The we've process done. done. And then you got to stick with it, too. Yeah. Well, we enjoy it. And, I mean, you know, even though, like Susan said, we don't have a massive following. Um, I talk to people. I, I have a friend, Jane, who I bump into walking the dog in the park every now and then. And she goes, uh, and she's been so supportive of this thing all along. She has. She's been wonderful. And she goes, you know, it just, it does something. It, it helps me kind of deal with the same things that we're all dealing with right now. Right. You know, yeah. I have to ask her, do you want the comedy or do you want the issues? You know, she goes, well, it all, it all helps. It all helps me deal with um, what's going on out there right now. And, you know, if we can reach even uh, 57 people, our downloads are more than that. But, you know, if, if we can reach you know, a couple hundred people a week or whatever, then that's, it feels good to be able to yeah. you know, touch some lives and maybe make them laugh once or twice in an hour. <laughs> It's a friendly, consistent presence, and I think that's important. Yeah, that's See, true. and I yeah. talked Art into the name of the podcast. Did you? And that's what I was going to ask. How did you come up with it? We've both been very, we've both gone, why did we name it this podcast? Yeah, because nobody ever gets it uh, right. Dan Deprey came up with it. It was a joke Dan that Dupre. he came up with. And we were having coffee one morning, and he was talking about how old people always find themselves telling the same old stories. It's like, so stop me if I've heard this, you know, right. instead of stop me if you've heard this, you know, and if you have to explain it, Chances I know it's are, just like nobody's ever going to get it right when they're introducing you on stage. But we laughed so hard at it that mm -hmm. I went, "Oh, all right, we got to call the podcast that." And I talked him into it. And his wife is so sharp. Art's wife, Catherine, is just. And she went, "Well, um, you know, you're going to get some problems with that." Mm -hmm. in Good, episode. bring it on. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm like, "No, I want this. I want this." You know. And now I should have listened because nobody ever gets it right. But no, they don't. Um, 
I still think it's funny. I told Maria Banford, asked me, she goes, what's the name of your podcast? And I said, stop me if I've heard this. And she laughed and I said, you got, you it. got it. She Comedians says, get it. yeah. I had uh, John uh, Hodgman right. on the Daily Show in the back John Hodgman? of my yeah. uh, car one day when I was driving for Lyft. Picked him up and I go, oh, what's your name, John? Oh, no, John, you... You, he goes, I go, where are you going? I'm, I'm doing a comedy show. Over, oh, really? What's your name? John Hodgman. And I turned around. And, oh, I didn't recognize you. You got a beard. And um, I told him, he asked me, I said, yeah, and I got a cop podcast too. And uh, I'm a comedian as well. And then uh, he, he goes, what's the name of your podcast? Same thing. I told him and he laughed. And he goes, well, I'm wow. going to subscribe right now. That's a great name. And then I what? found out later on from somebody in the next day who was at his show that he was making fun of the fact that everybody in Portland is a comedian and has a podcast, so whatever, <laughs> and drives for very, Lyft. <laughs> very low barrier to entry, that's for sure. And a lot of them drop off after three or four episodes. People yeah. run out of stuff to say, they lose interest, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the yeah. ones that stick with it and find their process and find their voice and find their audience, ultimately, um, I think are going to be, be around for a while. And oh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, it's a kick. We've told, we've told, uh, we've told our, our listeners many times, you know, you can run, but you won't hide. We ain't quitting. We ain't quitting. No matter. Yeah, we're not we quitting. Uh, we're like a rash. This is, this is for me, <laughs> art coming over to my work. house is a wellness check. You know, I need to have somebody <laughs> coming to my house. Well, it is a nice way to stay connected. Everybody's kind of still in their houses. People are coming out more. But, geez, in 2020, you know, nobody ever saw anybody unless it was over Zoom or, or just people texting each other back and forth. But you didn't have that, that communication with people, especially on a regular basis. So we try to keep them to uh, one a week. We've, we've, yeah. we've, we've slipped a time or two, but we're trying to get our sponsors together and keep, you know, as you know, keep getting those guests booked who can be on the show. Yeah. Sponsors? Tell me, sponsors? sponsors? Tell me about this sponsors thing. What, what was that? Tell Talk me about, about the sponsors, these so-called sponsors. I know. Well, I've got I've got one right now, which is uh, a pot shop here in Spokane, and uh, they're uh, medical marijuana. They do medical marijuana, Perfect, edibles, right? and all that different yeah. stuff. Okay. And then uh, the place that I go for my cancer treatment uh, is called Summit Cancer Care, and they've got outlets in Seattle and here. And uh, also in, I think in Portland too, there's one. I don't know if it's under Summit or not, but it's the same company umbrella on that. But I talked to them and they said, yeah, we'd love to sponsor it. So I'm working with them on it right now. Do you guys have any sponsors or? <laughs> Damn it, we're gonna get you some sponsors. No, you, you guys have a theme. Be, it could be because we've never asked anyone. Maybe that <laughs> has something to do with it. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> Yeah, our, correlation. Our, I know. And if we you have, need snow tires for the car, do what Nick and I always used to do in the radio days. You tell them, hey, give me some credit for a couple sets of snow tires. I'll run your commercials 24-7 for the next 20 years. <laughs> Something about that trade. We always had pizzas, dinners, snow tires, oh, car yeah. paint jobs, uh, clothing. Yeah, I think radio people have, a, have an up on us, Art. They they know how to get stuff. It's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are good. I, I'm going to – I may have to stop um, – I may have to uh, stop for a second. Uh, I got a guy cleaning my gutters. <laughs> you have to talk to him. And he's heading for the other side of the house, and I have a small house. I may have to stop and pay him. But um, anyway, yes, we, we need sponsors. But, um, again, we're on like 100 and – we had 100 and, almost 170 episodes. That's great. And, you know, and you're not renting some expensive studio. That's the other thing. It doesn't cost really anything but your time to sit and do this. 
you know, everybody has internet and everybody's got a computer. So it's not like you had to go out and invest thousands. Sure, you get a decent mic and you get a decent mixer and, and you're good to go. It's all about content. That's what, that's what oh, we yeah. have, you know. That's it. So have you guys found that you have a heart? I mean, just getting back, coming out of the, the pandemic, and I don't know what Spokane is like, but I, I, I've heard that it, the numbers were high for a long time. Yeah, it. Uh, I know Jay Wendell uh, was supposed to get hip surgery on September 10th, mm-hmm. and when this uh, the new strain hit, they canceled all electric uh, elective surgeries, and so Jay's kind of walking around bone on bone trying to get stuff done. I go I over. Thought he had those done already. He had his both his knees replaced. Oh, that was it. And one hip. Um, erective surgery. Erective. Yeah. <laughs> it's erective. Hello. <laughs> I can't get erective anymore, doctor. <laughs> you know that's what Jay's told him. I need erective. Yeah. yeah. Well, but he, he cracks me up. I'll go over in the morning sometimes and help him get his meds going and stuff like that. But uh, and this is the other thing. Uh, when I had my kidney surgery, um, I had a problem after the surgery where they took me back in and they had to do a repair on it. And they had me in the emergency room and a bed in there for two days. And I said, what the hell's going on? I said, if that many people sick? They said, no, it was a shortage of nurses. They've got to have so many nurses per patients. So over here, they've got a shortage of nurses going on. I think it's better now, but Everybody's hiring. I don't know, Nick. I don't don't think so. I think everybody's experiencing. I was just listening to Sanjay Gupta, who was on uh, Colbert. Um, The numbers are going down. The hospitalizations yeah. are going down. Uh, the new cases are going down. It, it does, we're not out of the woods or anything, but he put it like this. He said, we're moving the patient from the ER to a regular room. Yeah. And that's where the status is right now. And it's but hopeful. where the, show, the shortage is coming from is that these hospitals are now putting in mandates. For oh, for vaccination. For for the, yeah, I've heard about and people moving over that. The fact that, yeah. that they have yeah. nurses and technicians People in the medical profession, and they're not, yeah, it's They're not vaccinated, and they're getting fired. Well, okay. Providence Providence here in Portland just lost a ton of people. If I've just had surgery, I don't want somebody who's unvaccinated breathing into my wound. Oh, exactly. No, you don't, I mean. I'll take my chances. What the point, I mean, okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. Science. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry that Jay has to wait for that. That's uh, bad, yeah. that's not easy for him, obviously. Yeah. And you're well, the joke. The joke with Jay is he's had both knees replaced, one hip, and he's working on another one. I said, when you die, we're not going to bury you. We're going to recycle you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you could. Yeah, sell for parts. Yeah, you can't bury it because you can't bury that stuff out. anymore. You're supposed to take it out first. Anyway, crazy. <laughs> Well, I hope you send him our best. We, yeah. uh, I will. We yeah, adore him. Yeah. Yeah. I just talked to him this morning for a little bit, and I told him what we were doing. He said to tell you guys both hi, and he loves you both. Well, I noticed that. Uh, Sweet. I should reach out uh, to you. Are you, I, I noticed that I don't see him on Facebook very much. I don't see a lot of people on Facebook anymore. Are you Are you Facebooking as much as you used to? We've got our Finding Chemo Facebook page. We're trying to, we're trying to expand yeah. our social media a little bit. Finding I'm not chemo. a big twitter guy in fact i got nick on twitter just so we could follow some people that we like yeah but that's one of the challenges we're having and i'm sure you've seen it as well i'm i'm i'm, I'm old i'm not a social media guy i don't want to sit and post pictures of my dinner and, and comments about trump or any of that nonsense well one of you has to do our thing but you've got to be out there 
Yeah. yeah. You need to have kids that do that for you. That's what we need is a social media director who will sit and put, post 9,000 things a day. But, yeah. you know, we're not exactly uh, 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 kid friendly as far as the podcast goes. Most most 20 year olds don't really want to sit and listen to a show about finding the humor in cancer. So uh, in between some some um, some sponsors that are a good fit and doing our best on on Facebook and then uh, generous uh, networking with 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 people like you guys and just kind of getting the word out there and sharing the love with each other. Um, I, hopefully we'll be able to expand, uh, expand our listenership a little bit. So, well, so, I, um, yeah. finding Nemo was the name of your podcast. Finding chemo. Finding chemo. That's what I, I, uh, in my mind, I heard it. Right but, but you see, you got it. It's a play on words. No, it's a but, great um, play on words. I love that. Yeah. 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 That was a nice idea. Too. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was sitting in uh, trying to think of a name of it and uh, I was watching uh, um, TV and then uh, my nephew came into the room. He was probably seven or eight or whatever, but he, I asked him what his favorite show was, what he wanted to watch. I said, is Barney still on? And he gave me a dirty look and he goes, I like Finding Nemo. And I went, ooh. Mm-hmm. Finding chemo. Hey, <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Gotta have a catchy name, as you guys well know. But you know, that's just the start of it. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, so Eric, what, what is the, what's your background now? I mean, besides doing the podcast, are you still in radio? Or are you doing? I, well, no, I moved into television um, uh, production, and then I started my own company about twenty years ago, doing video production, and I actually fell into doing performing arts video production. So, for instance, if the elementary school down the street is doing, you know, Lion King. Beauty and the Beast, Wizard of Oz. Think how many schools there are in Washington State and how many of them are doing a Christmas play or a summer theater camp. Right. So I was doing, I've been doing that for about 10 years and then all of a sudden, hello, 2020 hits. Not only are all performing arts canceled, but all the schools are canceled. So that just went, that went to zero overnight, which was not fun. Um, But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm staying busy doing stuff with, with folks like Nick and doing some, some corporate promotions and, uh, Trying to keep that video camera rolling and, and keep the. Uh... Well, and we got a boss nice sponsor. Did I tell you that? Keep my <laughs> keep my chops up. So well, you know something. We we let's get your information because we have a lot of comics that come into Spokane that need to be taped. Oh God, yeah. I was talking about that with Nick. I mean, it would be a great thing for me to go down there and tape their set for them. Everybody puts their phone up on the table in the back and tapes their sets. But to do it professionally and have it look nice, I think would be a real a real plus. Well, it's all um, about the sound, the, uh, isn't it? Getting good sound in those, that's the hardest thing. Give me a board feed and a spot in back and I'm good to go, yeah. Yeah. Eric does great work. It's incredible stuff. Well, send us your email. Yeah. Send us your contact stuff and the name of your company and we'll put it on. we'll put it up. Absolutely, I appreciate that. And I will, you know, we'll we'll put it on the the Portland Comedy Board because there's a lot of comics that go into Spokane and the, a lying area that would, you know, that I think. My niece lives in Portland, and the rest of my family lives in Olympia. So it's uh, I'm over in the neighborhood quite a bit. It'll be a lot of fun to come down there and, and see you guys and do some uh, do do some stuff. Maybe even get up and do my crappy five minute open mic. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want stage time, right? Who doesn't want stage time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need it. Awesome. Lord knows, after the pandemic, I need stage time, big time. This is a nice way to have virtual stage time, at least. I mean, I know online comedy isn't uh, isn't really. It's soul sucking, Eric. It's a big seller. Sucking. People were trying to do that early in the year last year. You know, buy a ticket to my virtual Zoom performance, and uh, okay, God bless them for trying, but. No. Without that energy in the room, how are you supposed to know how, what the how the hell it's going? You it's know, it's like chewing on a dried dog bone. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what the experience. Yeah, I, did one, I did one early on in May <laughs> after said, the March but... shutdown. And uh, mm-hmm. I did one in May. And I, I think I called in every favor in the world because I had, I did make money on it. And I had a bunch of people, you know, tune in on it. Mm-hmm. And it was a, something that Art set up for me. Remember that gal, Art, that, that did those uh, Monday or Tuesday night shows? You know, um, uh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it, and and it, everybody donated anyway. Oh yes, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I did it, that. and I, but that was the, and that worked out. But that was the last that was one the that worked out. First, like couple of months of the shutdown, there and was, it would be there'd be like ten or fifteen people watching it. You know, At least you've got the internet now. You're not sitting there trying to make 200 VHS copies and mail them out to people. I know. You can all do it. It's basically free. And um, we have this channel. I can't imagine if this would have happened back in the you know the 1940s or no, I don't no. know how those Spanish flu people texted each other back in 1918 <laughs> or whatever that was. We're doing a thing on the Spanish flu. <laughs> you just have to go around to people's houses and read your set list to them. <laughs> A1. So are you, are you, uh, I noticed that Don Parkins uh, from Spokane posts a lot and stuff and talks about you, how lovely, how lovely you are, Nick. Yeah, Don's been a good buddy through all this too. I mean, uh, yeah. he's got a lot of help, a lot of good support and stuff with him. Um, he and I, in fact, him and I went up um, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, we went up to Newport. There's a new club a bar opening up there and uh, they want to start doing comedy. And it's like a one-nighter. But I'd love to have something set up with you guys where I get you guys over here for like two or three night run on something. If we'd stay in Spokane, yeah, just sure. black and blue. But we're getting good money out of them. I mean, the lady about crapped her pants, we're talking to her, and she said, well, I can get a band to come in here for $200. And I go, yeah, I bet you can. <laughs> I know. It's hard. It's hard because everybody's so... People have asked me, you know, well, what, what would a comedy show cost? And I'm, I bid it early. I bid it down because I know that they're just coming back. Yeah. But it's not... It's still, I go, well, you're going to have, you're looking at five, four to $500. Yeah. See, that's what we're telling them. 500 bucks for a show. You get a yeah. host and uh, opener and a, and a headliner. And the lady that we're talking to up North, it's a cool bar in Newport. And uh, she has an aunt that does comedy in LA. So she understands the background of it, what we do, what we go through and everything else traveled, you know, and all that different stuff. Is so- that Newport on the coast or Newport of, Newport someplace else. North, 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 north of Spokane. Spokane. North of Spokane, yeah. It's about 35 miles from Spokane. Okay. I used to live up on the north end of Spokane. You know where Kamalini Junction is? Oh, God, yeah. There's an old chicken farm owned by the mafia, and they at the end of the farm, they had the, the keeper's house. Another couple of students and I were renting this place. You'd go into this dirt road. It was a beautiful old house, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't mind the gunshots. Yeah, yeah well, they're, they are open again. We're going to have uh, to strangle called... up that wall someday. And don't you hear dig. something strangling, do. don't worry about don't it. Don't dig just... in the garden. Do not plant anything. That's all. Yeah, I'm do not say. dig in the garden. <laughs> Here's your room key and your garret. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, and it was like a, a fa- an Italian restaurant. At the entrance to this driveway, too. Of yeah. course, it's an Italian restaurant. That's funny. It's now it's open, it's open again. Is it open again? The restaurant? The restaurant's open again, yeah. It, uh, one of the nieces of the original owner took it over, 
and uh, they got the old recipes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I talked to her. This was probably two months ago. Um, a good friend of ours took it over when Kamalini shut it down. They took it over and ran the restaurant. And then when her husband passed away, she kind of retired. But now the niece has got it. So I've eaten there. Kamalini's out yeah. at the Y1. Great food. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, Christmas man, party 20 years ago. You bring me into C.J. McDingleberries or B.J. <laughs> Barley Hopper. <laughs> what, the, the place you were talking about earlier. Oh, McGinnity's. That's right. That's right. McGinnity's, yeah. yeah. Well, they're gonna. They're talking about doing a Friday Saturday. So if I get that rolling, which I will get it going, and she's talking about uh, first part of maybe December to get it rolling first. Um, but I'll, I'd love to have you guys come up and do it. And it's good money with those guys. I told her five hundred bucks a night. You know, hotels, the whole ball of wax. Oh, that's awesome. I'd love well, to I'd be, that. that. I just would love to see you and give you a big hug and. Yeah. And give Eric a big smack and, you know, all those things. And you guys can do a live podcast from the club. Why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is, so, okay, go ahead. Art, do you have questions? Because, you know, I'm talking to my old friend. So, I, you know, I'll talk, I'll talk over Art and I'll just take over the whole podcast. So. <laughs> I had questions. They've just gone in and out of my brain since you've. I'm since sorry. The, don't worry about it. I'll interrupt Let's enjoy our podcast, please. <laughs> That's it. We will, we will do that. No, I but, did want to know. Yeah, I, I, but they, that was my question, and you answered it. That what's going on with the comedy scene up there now? And uh, is uh, Spokane uh, coming back? I mean, is is it? You know, what's life like in Spokane now? Is it? Do people wear masks in Spokane, or do they Yeah, just- you got to wear a mask everywhere you go. Grocery stores, restaurants, even some restaurants are asking you for your uh, vaccination card. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, they're doing that in Portland. Uh, we lost Portland lost a lot of police officers to Spokane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know there's five of them that they hired here just in the last two months. Yeah. Guys and out of Portland. And prior oh. to that, we lost about 30 cops. Yeah. Surprise now, me. how's Portland doing? Are they still doing the rioting at all, or is that kind of slowed no, down? There's nothing left to protest against. It's all nothing left to burn. Is, uh, is, pretty well devastated between the coronavirus and the protests windows all boarded up spray paint everywhere uh, homeless encampments on every block yeah uh, it's just uh, it's our, so we had a beautiful downtown uh, our downtown was really pretty it was a, really a nice oh downtown. portland's a beautiful city i love portland and it still is funding for the police so the police are kind of going oh yeah well then fuck you i'm out of here and the but they didn't lose any programs. That's what people don't understand. No. The, the fact that they use that that phrase defunding, they're not defunding the police. They're, it's more of a reallocation. They're they're recreate they're creating community policing, which means they're bringing in social workers, they're bringing in experts, they're bringing in they're creating community community policing. And I, I had this conversation with a with another person the other day about. Um, about gangs in Chicago. Yeah. And the gangs in Chicago, uh, he is from Chicago and uh, came, uh, was around for the, for the Chicago seven trials. And he was a, he was a, he was a stringer for the Chicago Tribune at the time. Oh, wow. And he worked, he lit, he grew up in South Chicago. So he's seen it back all. Then, yeah. Back then the something Kings ran the neighborhood. But they didn't, they ran the neighborhood to protect the people. And what they did was they set up, it was what the Black Panthers did. They set up social, social, uh, 
social workers. They set up, you know, uh, food banks and healthcare clinics and stuff like that. You know, people think the Black Panthers were just, you know, but what they were doing was they were community policing. Yeah. You know, and that if something happened in that neighborhood, they took care of it. Yeah. Right now, and, as it is, the, the police don't see it as restructuring. They see it as an attack on their union. Um, yeah. So you call them and you go, somebody's breaking into my house. Can you come? And they'll go, well, do you think they'll still be breaking in next Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> we'll send somebody by. Next Thursday between 10 and 4, we can swing by and see. <laughs> right. It's, and it's gotten bad. It's gotten bad because we have, uh, we also left our first our first responders due to the, due to the, uh, the attacks on the on the the um, police union building and all the the violence that happened last summer, um, we lost our first responders. Uh, most of them, most of them quit. Yeah, the ones that the riot the riot responders that would come in, and because they have PTSD, and I I get that. Yeah, you can't blame them for wanting to move somewhere a little quieter with their families. Well, yeah, but I also and you know our. Our mayor is, anyway, it's, it's a work, it's a truly big work in progress here, Complicated but mess. Portland is still a beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I can't. Well, this is how, this is how dumb the protesters were in Spokane on the corner of Monroe, right down by the Monroe street bridge was a huge statue of Abraham Lincoln. And they threw red paint all over it and, and said that Abraham Lincoln was a racist. <laughs> and I'm like, the lady on the news is talking to these two people. And she goes, do you know about the Emancipation Proclamation? <laughs> it's like, Jesus. It's just that, it's that unfocused anger. They just want to, it's just a matter of screaming and yelling, breaking things. And, you know, sure, protest is a lot of what this country is built on. But at the same time, uh, if you don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, oh, gosh, and half the protesters in downtown Portland weren't protesting anything in particular other than the fact that the garbage cans hadn't been set on fire yet. But yeah, it's <laughs> something to do. It's hot summer night. Let's right. get stoned and go out in the street and join the party. Right. Anyway, enough about that. No, I think it's I think it's important that because. Um, I think a lot of our cops left also because just one more thing about that is left for Spokane and for Eastern Washington, because you guys have been, you have a problem with you. Uh, there's a, there's a big faction of your, of Eastern Washington and Eastern Oregon and Northern California that want to secede from the States. That's yeah. not going to happen, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they want to, re- they want to go red. They don't. And then you go over, yeah, you drive, you know, half an hour east and then boom, you're in Idaho. Nobody's wearing a mask. Everybody's riding AT. I was in, I was in Wallace, Idaho, the cute little mining town. The I Silver love Valley. Wallace. Yeah. yeah. I went with my sister and her husband. We went to have lunch and, you know, go putz around the antique stores and mm-hmm. we're laughing because everybody's ripping through town, standing up on an ATV, we're not wearing a helmet. We didn't see a single mask in the entire, uh, the, the entire time that we were there. And it was, a completely different world, but God, that's gorgeous country over there. Oh yeah, it, it was the cutest, cutest place. So who knows politically what's going to happen? But uh, yeah. I don't think we're, no one's seceding from anything. This is how red uh, Eastern Washington is. When Don and I went over to uh, last week to talk to this club in Newport, we drive by this barn and somebody had painted on the barn big, huge letters. It said "Fuck Biden," and then. 
Kids see get, that. Kids get, see that. Yeah, that's tacky. I hate that. And we get past that, and there's this sign, big sign with letters on it, and it says, slow down, you sons of bitches. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's yeah. the civility. Tacky, tacky, tacky. It's the right. civility. And, uh, well, when it, I was going to school, course, that it, is. it had a reputation yeah. as having, uh, like, uh, occult people, uh, followers. That was, uh, like, Coeur d'Alene. There was stories about people like stopping cars on like deserted roads and actually kidnapping people. I, that sounds like an urban myth kind of a thing, but there was a pretty big uh, cult following out in that way too. So oh yeah, yeah, like witchcraft and uh, yeah. I'd rather go to Silverwood with my kids and relax. Yeah, it was Rathdrum, Idaho had all the devil worshippers in it. Yeah, this was back in seventies and eighties and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eating the crackpots. Yeah, sure. This is this is very funny. But uh, a buddy of mine and I, when they had the uh, Nazi neo-Nazi compound in Hayden Lake, right. and I can't remember the guy's name that was ahead of all that stuff, but they broke it down and got it all out and cleared all these people out. Well, a good buddy of mine and I went to a meeting with some friends of ours. There's a guy named Don Hamilton here in town who's a videographer and has all this different stuff. Well, they had a meeting with their friends, so I talked to Don, and I said, well, I got a great idea. A buddy of mine and I put together a um, um, PowerPoint presentation of the neo-Nazi compound, how we're going to take it over and turn it into condos, <laughs> low-income housing. So we go in there, and we did this whole presentation for these guys, and they were looking at us like, are you guys out of your freaking minds? And then they were figured out it was a joke. But that was hilarious. Oh my! Find God. the humor. Yeah. You know, exactly. I did, a, I did a show at a hotel in downtown Coeur d'Alene one time with Lahai Fanbula from West Africa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great guy, really nice kid uh, at the time. But, uh, yeah, they shut him down. They hated him so much. He, he, he didn't get any response. They just glared at him for half an hour. At one point, somebody goes, asshole, under his breath. Like That was the only response he got in a half an hour. Oh, Jesus. He tried to hate me for 45 minutes to an hour, but I got a few chuckles out of him. And then afterwards, I, I, I just said, hi, let's just get in the car get the hell out of here, get back to Spokane and get on. The Let's just end this story right now. Cause it was, it was overtly hostile. It was just, Oh like, yeah. Rod My Long face. and I almost got Rod Long killed. Oh, that's right. I almost got Rod Long killed. Yeah. Oh that, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre to see that, you know, you know, the in racism Idaho. is still mm -hmm. out there and everything, but then you go see it firsthand and you're like, Jesus, am I in a movie about the fifties? Cause this just, is this really still actually going on? But you know, it is. Yeah. It seems like My every favorite. time I went to Idaho, I was with a black man uh -huh. and it was just like, why did Tribble do this? Why did you do this? This is not uh -huh. a good idea. A black man with a white woman driving to Idaho. And certainly well, that's that's why they called a Tribble run. I know exactly. <laughs> it was like, ah! We're not My used to your kind around here. Not him. I'm talking about you. We're not used to women comedians. I'll be right back. <laughs> My favorite Rod Long story. We still got you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, Susan looked like she blanked out for a minute. My favorite Rod Long story is... Um, Rod came over here to do a show. This is, I think my son was about two or three years old and we were taking him up to our mother-in-law's house to have him babysit. And on my mother-in-law's front porch was this big lawn jockey. And you know how racist those things are. Rod's sitting in the back seat and I hear Rod saying, well, my, 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 don't you Spokane people make a black man feel right at home. Disrespectful, blank, 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 blank. <laughs> 
you know, and that's where Rod came up with the white lawn jockey in his front porch in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Well, it's not all like that, and I don't want to paint that picture as every rural town being racist because there's always a mix wherever you go, and you know you can't generalize. No. But yeah, it's uh, it, it is good to get back. <laughs> it was good to get back to Spokane. And yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to see some open minds. And yeah, we seem to have uh, we seem to have lost uh, Susan momentarily. Um, Susan, where are you? She's paying the gutter guy. Didn't you hear earlier? Right. I have to run you some facilities. Would you guys wait here? <laughs> when you got cancer and you got to pee, boy, you got to pee. All right, I'm going to pause. This is a great place to pause. <laughs> Recording in progress. Well, now Susan had Yay. to go deal with her gutters. She had to get yeah, up on I'm the ladder so and take the leaves out of them. Oh, my God, it's so dirty. He took pictures and everything. Not of me, but of my gutters. <laughs> if you want to share some material with these fine folks about uh, the kind of jokes we, we do here on Finding Kino. Yeah, we do a couple That's of things. Great. You guys uh, want to hear some uh, off-color cancer jokes? Yes, Let's absolutely, sure. Well, my favorite one was one morning I'm laying in my bed, and I'm, I, I get this beautiful waft of my favorite cookies being f cooked in the kitchen. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, that smells good. So I sneak out to the kitchen. I sneak around the corner, put my hand out to grab a cookie. My wife whacks me with the spatula and says, those are for the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Hey, what's 10 feet long and bald? <laughs> Go ahead. What? The conga line at the cancer ward. <laughs> oh my God! How many how many cancer patients does it put in? Does it take to put in a light bulb? What? How many? Thirteen. One to put in a light bulb and twelve to say how inspiring that was. <laughs> Harmless, right? Harmless. Beautiful. I like Sweet. it. <laughs> yeah. I get a call from the testicular cancer doctor. He calls me up. He says, did you get our email? I said, no. He says, check your junk. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> I got a neighbor lady that always brings me food. She brought over pizza one time. She brought over a casserole one time. One day she brought me over a taco casserole. She said, how is that? I said, it's working better than the stool softeners. <laughs> <laughs> Why not have a laugh, right? I love it. That's that great. Got another one? That's great. I have more questions. What are we at, Art? How are we doing on time? I know I took some time to do well, that. Almost an hour. Okay. Can um, I ask you one thing? Because I, you asked Rod some really interesting questions, and I want to ask you uh, two questions. Sure. This is a serious part now, Nick. Lean in. No, Lean this, in. Is, this isn't serious. <laughs> but anyway, um, what was the hardest comedy job you ever did? And the what hardest. was the best experience to date that you've ever had on stage? On stage. The the worst one I ever did was I worked for a guy named Bob Angeli up in Canada. Did you ever work for Angeli? I said no. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. So they send us up to Nipawin, Saskatchewan. That's why I said no. <laughs> yeah. And wow. it was this little oil town. And these guys, and, and I didn't know the backstory on this till I got up there. But in Nipawin, it's a bunch of oil fields. And these oil workers would go into these bars in town. Wow. And from 8 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, they could watch strippers. 
And that's all they had with these girls. And in, in Canada, they danced completely nude. So Bob Angeli has a bright idea. This guy calls him up and says he wants to do comedy. So I was the wow. first guy up there. So from 9 o'clock to 10, 10.30, they wanted a comedy show. Well, I had no idea that these drunk oil workers, most of them, a lot of them Native Americans, some just uh, crazy Saskatchewan guys, uh, up there had been watching strippers since eight o'clock in the morning and da-da! live comedy with Nick Tyson starting at nine o'clock. That was the most horrid experience I ever oh had in my, my life. God. Hey, show us your tits. So I took my shirt off. Oh, God. <laughs> and you, those guys live in, work in those oil fields up that far for a reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And when they want to unwind, it's time to unwind. Now watch some and, guy do comedy. And 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 yeah. usually firearms are involved. So yeah. How long can you actually watch strippers? If you're watching strippers more than an hour, it seems like it would kind of wear off a little bit to me. A little bit. <laughs> Don't little you bit. think by yeah. about the third hour you'd be like, oh, she better have another a third arm or something. I know. This one better have a dick. <laughs> and, yeah. And they're completely nude, so there's nowhere to stuff the tips. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen where they stuff. I've no. been in Canada, <laughs> and I'm it, telling you. Keep the chain. Jeb Fink took me to a strip bar, Jeb Fink and Lee McKay. Oh, my God. I was God. on 222s at the time mm-hmm. for pain. A Canadian, a little bit of codeine, a lot of caffeine. Oh, my God, oh. and I was crazy. And, yeah, it's not, it's mm-hmm. not a pretty situation. Yeah. So what's the best comedy, what's the comedy experience that you walked off stage and went, I don't know if I could have done better than that? Yeah, I think um, they did a benefit, and that was here in Spokane for autism. And uh, they had probably, in the, there was about 200 people, they did it at the knitting factory here in Spokane. There were probably 200 people in the crowd and about half the crowd were autistic kids, anywhere between the ages of 12 and 18, and did that show. And that was probably the sweetest thing I think I've ever done. They were a really good crowd, and they actually got the material when I was performing. Mm -hmm. And it was just, what that was probably the best experience I've ever had with comedy as far as just being, you know, heart-wrenching and also heartwarming, too. Yeah, it feels like you're doing more than selling drinks at that point. Yeah, and that was it too. It was just wow. That's I yeah. think that's I think every comic once they get out of the club scene and start doing those kind of fundraisers and those kind of experiences, it's it's just mind blowing because you realize, first of all, they showed up to see you. You're not being stuck in front of a bunch of people that went, "What's going on?" Yeah, and then to have those experiences, you just hope you. St- you have to stay in the business long enough to be able to do those. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's, that's the sweet spot. It really is. Yeah. That's, in my opinion, is the sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Susan? What's, what's the worst one you ever did? Well, that Canada gig pretty much. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think Canada was probably my hardest. And poor Art is, has been, I've, I've always gotten Art killed two or three times on the road because I lose my temper. Oh, yeah. And I want to, I want to hurt somebody. And Art's, you know, Art's going. They're not going to hit you. They're going to hit me. <laughs> hey, do you remember? Do you remember Loretta Carey from? Yeah, Park? yeah, yeah. 
God, she was, I, she, I took her on a run with Bob Angelia, but this is a great story. So we're in this bar. I think it was in Saskatchewan again, too. But Loretta's on stage opening, and she's got it's a, a cordless mic with her. And this drunk Indian guy comes up and starts dancing in front of her. He's got his shirt off and stuff, and Loretta's freaking out. And the guy goes to grab the microphone, and it drops on the floor, and it breaks. So... I get up and Loretta closes. She was up there for like four minutes. So I get up and start doing it. And it was one of those crowds where it was all a bunch of drunk people who had no idea comedy was going on. So after the show, we go back to get paid. And we're in this long hallway going into this guy's office. And there's stacks of empty uh, beer bottles along the wall. And the guy hands me the money. And I count it up. And I said, hey, wait a minute, you're 300 short. And he goes, well, that's for my microphone. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Loretta did not break your microphone. I said, your drunk Native American friend grabbed it and it fell on the floor and broke. And uh, so I turned around and say to Loretta, I said, go get the car, bring it around to the back where we came in. So Loretta leaves and goes to get the car. And I grab an empty beer bottle out of the case. And I told the guy, I said, you can either give me the rest of my money or I'm going to shove this beer bottle up your Yoo-Hoo. And the guy goes, I'll call the Mounties. They'll be here in a minute. I said, but you're still going to have an empty bottle up your Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> so give me the money. So this guy gives me the money and I go walking out. This guy's still sitting in his office and I haul balls to the back door. No kidding. She's got the car going. I get in the car and we drive off. And as we come around the corner, the owner and about five drunk Indians were standing out front of the bar looking for us. <laughs> it's like, hit it, we're out of here. Sounds like a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. That would have scared the holy bejesus out of me. <laughs> oh, I was pissed off. But is Loretta still around at all? Um, you know, I haven't seen her or heard from she her. She hasn't been in the comedy scene for a long time. I, I think I saw her at a festival somewhere. Uh, she might be working with music now. I know she was more into the music scene than the the comedy scene. I'd love to know. Yeah, yeah, she was fun. Personally. Yeah, she was a great lady. We had a lot of fun on the road. She's a nice gal. She's a very nice gal. Yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah, I know she well, got into flying saucers or something for a while, and she was going to school to get a degree in uh, some astral physics thing, yeah. I'd heard. She but was she smart did enough to do it. Know. She was very smart. So yeah. that oh, would that yeah, she was an intelligent me. girl. Yeah, really intelligent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a... It's a... Uh, our life has not been, and I'm, and I include you as well, Eric, because you've been an independent contractor for a long time. You know, you've been. It's, it's a choice, and you know, it's, it's not that we can't work well with others because we have to be able to work well with others. Sure. But it's always been just a calling that, you know, this is this has been our choice. Our choices are, and uh, I told. Uh, you you should write this stuff down for your kids anyway, Nick. This is something you should do. At least record some stories for them. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, right. you know, I think Dave didn't have it. Dave didn't have enough time. And he has a whole room full of of stuff that they have yet to clean out. But Chris, Chris started going through it. And his kids are, you know, compiling stuff. And, you know, but I just think it's. You know, there's a story. There's a story. Every comic has some great stories that need to be. Told. Oh, yeah. 
I know my daughter, who uh, is 25 now, is very interested in that, the backstories on comedy and things we went through. Because she knows, like, back when I was doing, we were doing comedy up in Canada back then. This is in the 80s. I mean, it was the Wild West for comedy. You go into bars, and this is the other one with Loretta and I, not to hog the thing here, but no. we're, we're in this place called The Trumpeter, and it was in uh, um, B.C., and if they liked your act, they threw peanuts at you. And if, if they, they liked you, they threw things yeah, at you. If they oh, did, okay. they threw peanuts at stage. So Loretta's on stage uh, doing her show, and she gets a couple of good laughs. All of a sudden, she gets showered with peanuts. And I had no idea about this. And the owner stops the show, comes running up, grabs the microphone, and goes, I just want both you comics to know that if our crowd likes you, which they do, they're going to shower you with peanuts. And Okay, let's move on. <laughs> so it's like, oh, like I okay. would have started crying. Well, Nanaimo. Oh, God, that was horrible club. They throw Nanaimo bars at you? No. Well, it was a bunch. Of, I don't know if you're the same club, Susan, but it was a bunch of drunk Navy guys that came to those shows. Well, it was in the middle of an ice rink, an old ice rink. Yeah. And it had a, a, a suspended, I've told the story on our podcast before, they had a full-blown, to scale, Calistoga wagon. That's where that was. Yeah. Comox was the city that the Comox. Comox, that's right. Comox. It wasn't in my mind. City you got to do after doing Comox. Yeah. And you, they put you in the middle of this, uh, you know, old ice rink. Yeah. And the audiences were completely surrounding you. (laughs) And if they didn't like you, they yelled, "Drop the wagon!" because it was suspended over the stage. And they started yelling, st- drop the wagon on me. And I almost peed myself. I yeah. was so scared. I thought they were really going to drop the wagon. I thought, well, is that a joke? I mean, you know. I heard it falling off the wagon, but not the wagon falling on you. <laughs> I went up to was, a J.P. I mean, it was a full-blown Calistoga wagon. It wasn't small. I it was just you, like I was there with J.P. Lindy. He, did, he went on first because he wanted to get it over with. And uh, he's by the end of it, he was singing the "In the Navy." <laughs> yeah, I the love that. They booed him so loud, and then he said, "Well, you're gonna love this next guy." Then. <laughs> I think our experience too is so different, and I'm sure Eric, you know, your experience in radio and all, and you know, production and stuff like that. It's so different than what it is now for the kids that are coming through. and Radio? And, what's that? No one listens to the radio. I know. No. I know. Exactly. But it's just a whole different. Uh, and I, I have to I you know, people will ask me when we're in the car and uh, about, oh, what was it like? And I almost don't want to tell them because it's, I mean, we really made it up as we went. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. And yeah. we didn't have mentors. And then we were coming oh. into towns where they wanted to keep the pool table open instead of have a comedy show and <laughs> get the dancing started and all that. And and but it was also but we made money. Yeah, we had, yeah. You know, I doubled my I doubled triple doubled to triple my income as if as an opening act when I quit my day job at the bank. Yeah, right. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, mean that felt good. Well, did you it, guys did you guys ever working. work? Huh? Tribble's room in Miles City, Montana. Oh, with the I big love show. that little room. I oh love my that. God. I remember working that with Lee McKay, and I go in there, and we walk into the bar, 
and it's four pool tables and there's peanut shells on the floor and stuff. And I walk in and I'm talking to the bartender. I go, well, we're your comics for the night. Where do we do the show? Oh, let me show you. And they walk into this giant room that looked like Las Vegas. (laughs) It's like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, I love that little room. I I thought it was just a crazy Mm. little room. Anyway, I don't know how late we are, but probably uh, call it a day here um we've yeah. asked a lot of people listening for an hour and 11 minutes i hope you've had some sort of entertainment value out of this or education oh yeah oh, yeah this is great dude i love talking to you guys and i'll you know what i'll keep you posted on the club that i'm working on but i'd love to have you two over here for that that would be so much fun i would just love to come over and give you a big hug yeah i would oh, take it uh, i would take she'll it she'll want 500 dollars for that by the way yeah well i will need that i will need that you're gonna make a buck it's the gig economy and i'll wear pants oh uh, <laughs> well then i'm not coming well, $300. <laughs> love you guys man i want to cure you in my own way there you go <laughs> thanks for having us on it's great uh, talking to you great to meet you if we can see you in person and uh thanks for spreading the word about our podcast yeah we'll do the same for you guys send us your information finding chemo Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Take care. So long, Al.